come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to talk about working with gifted students. And we have a great interview from Joelle Trayers who blogs at notjustchildsplay.blogspot.com. Would you mind let's is starting by introducing yourself and talking about your website and your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Joelle Trayers. Uh, my website is notjustchildsplay.blogspot.com. Um, I try to post ideas for um, challenging kids in early childhood. Uh, I had a hard time finding resources myself to do that. Um, I work at a magnet school. Uh, about half my class has already been identified as GT. So um, I'm always on the lookout for new ways to challenge them, and I want to share those resources with other people that might be in the same situation. Okay. And what would you say you want people to know, first and foremost, about gifted kids in their um, gifted kids um, are very much like other kids in a lot of ways, but they also have differences that I think it's important for us to um, accommodate for. Um, gifted kids are very curious. Um, they ask a lot of questions. You have to embrace that. <laughs> you might get off topic, way, 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 way off topic, but um, that's that's a good thing. You know, that's how they... That's how they learn, and they and they learn how to apply what they're learning. Um, I think it's also very important to give them different ways to show what they're learning. It's not just about filling in bubbles on a test or um, answering these questions on a paper. Giving them ways that they can make a project, um, perform something, teach their peers, you know, uh, about something they're an expert in, things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you find um, that there's any challenges specific to gifted kids? Any specific things that they share that are challenging for them? Definitely. Um, they tend to be very sensitive, um, um, sometimes a little bit more emotional than other kids. They have trouble sometimes processing um, situations. For example, we had a shelter-in-place issue a couple weeks ago where we had tornadoes in the area and our principal announced we have tornadoes in the area. And one of my GT kids who particularly, um, I don't want to use the word obsessed because I don't think that's the right word, but he gets kind of obsessed with things like that. Okay, there's a tornado. What's a tornado? You know, I don't want to die in a tornado. It's a, and, and that's very common with GT kids. You kind of have to be careful sometimes what you bring up because they they will just keep asking and asking and wondering and wondering and um sometimes sometimes that's a good thing sometimes you know that's not always a good thing you know just trying to accommodate for their spectrum of abilities uh-huh. uh, i think is very difficult as well trying to differentiate when you have kids even gifted kids come in not knowing sometimes letters and sounds mm-hmm. having to teach that to them and also teach these kids who are on reading on a third fourth grade level mm-hmm. um i think that's i think that's very hard um for a lot of teachers to do do you would you say there is a difference between a child who's in the gifted category and a child who is advanced 
Is there a difference between them or do they kind of fall along a spectrum? I do think there's a difference. Um, I think some kids are um, really good at the academics and, you know, reading and math and things like that. But gifted kids have um, a deeper curiosity. They have um, just this kind of innate ability to apply what they're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are kids who, for example, with vocabulary, you can teach them a word and they can tell you the definition of the word. But gifted kids just, they have this, they can, they can use it right away. They can, you know, write a poem about that. It's just this kind of deeper understanding that they have, deeper grasp of what they're learning, mm-hmm. I think is the difference. Um, I do think, okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead and finish. I was just going to say, I do think there are kids who get labeled as gifted, who really are just kind of overachievers. Mm -hmm. But I think that's better than kids not getting labeled, who should be labeled, who need that extra um, challenge in the classroom. Right. I've heard it described before, and I'm wondering if this is an accurate description. I've heard gifted kids described before as very big picture kind of people, that they instantly see the big picture of things they're learning, and that their challenge is breaking big pictures down into steps. Is that is that accurate? I absolutely agree with that. I think that's absolutely true. Um, I see it particularly with the young kids and reading. Sometimes they can read and they can read, you know, Magic Treehouse book, mm-hmm. but they cannot tell you what sound an O makes. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of go back and fill in those gaps of those things that they need to know that they just had this, like you said, kind of the big picture of, mm-hmm. or like with comprehension, mm-hmm. they don't really think about what they're reading. They can read the word Tyrannosaurus Rex, mm-hmm. but they're not really thinking about the story as they're they're reading it. So I think there are times when you do have to go back and kind of break it down a little bit for them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, specific to that, I, we actually have a listener question. Okay. <laughs> she says she has some students who are reading at a really high level, a really, really high level, but they comprehend on like a level three, their comprehension yeah. doesn't match. So what would, what would be your advice to her where the comprehension and the reading are so mismatched? I actually, I, literature circles are kind of more towards like the upper grades, but Mm -hmm. I will actually do like literature circle type activities with them for guided reading. So -hmm. we will read the book on that higher level and I will actually go through and kind of model for them. This is my thinking as I'm reading this sentence or when you see this, you know, what are you thinking about? And just try to give them those tools to make that connection to the, to the words and the stories that they're reading. Um, it can be a very difficult thing because especially you have parents who are saying he's re- he can read Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but he can't tell you what, you know, is happening in the story. So, I mean, comprehension is really the goal of reading. Mm-hmm. So we just need to kind of walk them through the steps and give them practice with the steps. I use the materials on their level, but break it down and model it for them. We'll read a chapter at a time and, and break it down. And, and um, like I said, try to give them tools that they can use to enhance that comprehension skill. To make it really explicit of what. Yes, exactly. Almost like strategies. Um, 
that they can use when they're reading. Mm -hmm. And I'll give them even, you know, they'll have, I have a chart with sticky notes of each child and what they're working on right now. So there are some kids that are working on comprehension and they know this is, these are, this is what I'm, how I'm working on it when I read. Okay. That's a great idea. I like Well, it's, I think sometimes when you have gifted kids, it's hard to see where the missing pieces are Mm -hmm. because they, they have the big picture. So you think that everything up to that big picture is there, but a lot of times it's not. Yes. And that's absolutely true. Um, I, um, my administrators sometimes don't understand some of the assessments we do because mm-hmm. they'll say, why are you sitting down with them and doing this assessment? They're gifted mm-hmm. because they may not know, you know, these sounds. They may mm-hmm. not know these. They may not be able, they might be able to add 10 plus 10, but they don't, they can't tell you 5 plus 5 is 10. You know, they can't, they, there are missing things there and you really have to be stringent about assessing them in the beginning. So, you know, okay, this is, we need to work on this. We need to work on this. So you can fill in those gaps. Yeah. Would you have any, just in general for teachers who have a few gifted kids in their class, do you have just some general advice and some strategies and tips for them? Yes. I think, um, I have a couple of definite do not do's. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One of my uh, pet peeves is, when teachers don't meet with their um, GT kids or their higher kids in guided reading because they can already read. Like I said, they they do have things they can work on. I also don't like when um, a teacher uses their gifted kid kind of as a teaching assistant. Oh, you're done, so go help them. Mm -hmm. I think that every child needs to be learning something new every day, and it's our responsibility to be the ones to go help the other kids and let them do something that is more challenging, not more work, mm-hmm. um, but something that they will get something out of. Even in kindergarten, I'm, I differentiate my um, assessments. My kids that are reading have different spelling words. They have different, um, they have reading passages when we do our assessment. They have a completely different um test. And even though I'm having to read through the questions for both groups and it takes more time, I think it gives me a much better picture of what they can do. Mm-hmm. And it is that that challenge for them. I will never forget when I first started teaching GT kids, one of my friends had a daughter that went to a really good school and she came home saying, mom, we colored the letter A today. Like <laughs> I can, I, I'm reading, you know, this third grade level book and we're, you know, so I I never want that to happen with my students. I want to make sure that everybody is being challenged on their level. And when their parents say, what did you learn today? They have something, you know, I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. I think also you have to be patient. You have to be patient with the questions and the kind of quirkiness that comes along with GT kids. Sometimes people will come in and they'll be like, um, (laughs) that behavior is not bothering you. No, he, it's okay. You know, that's just the way he is, you know, or she, um, but yeah, you kind of have to have a little bit of patience with them, especially when they're little and this is their first experience, you know, and, and give them the tools that they need, um, rather than just kind of, you know, um, brushing it off to, I don't know, you know, the behaviors, um, accepting them for who they are and using that, you know, as you go forward. Yeah. 
do you, oh, I just forgot my question. Oh, you were talking about uh, meeting them individually. So do mm -hmm. you have any advice for ways to manage the classroom or structure your instruction so that you can meet a diverse group of learners? I, I mean, there's people who have kids who don't know any letters Absolutely. and meeting third grade level because it's kindergarten and the school right. is huge. Right, right. And, you know, I, I, I'm a believer in layered instruction where you mm -hmm. where you plan lessons that meet a broad spectrum. So do you have any advice on that? Because it's, it's tricky sometimes. It is. I think that's one of the hardest parts of what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, there are many days when I don't feel like I'm doing it effectively. <laughs> but um, I, I, um, I assess them in the beginning and I, do, I write up kind of, it's not an official like IEP or anything, but for myself, it's kind of goals that I have for each student. And this is what each student needs to work on. I very much limit my whole group instruction because I think it's hard to target everybody, especially in reading whole group. I do a lot guided reading. Mm -hmm. I do have differentiated workstations for them. Um, they know which activity they are assigned to. So they have different colors for the different activities. They have still, even in March, not figured out that these are the more advanced kids activities and these are the, they haven't. They just think they're green and this is green and this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it does, it takes it's time consuming and it takes effort. But I think in the long run, the progress that you see in them, it's it's well it's well worth it. Mm -hmm. And have you found as as you've done it that you're able to save materials and use them for your year? Does it get absolutely, absolutely, absolutely? I do really try to um, listen to the kids and what they're interested in. And sometimes base like units off of that. My kids love Egypt right now. So I'm going to have to somehow try to fit in a unit on <laughs> Egypt. Um, we're doing Texas history. Uh, not, I'm not sure how I can spin that, but I'll figure <laughs> out a way. Um, so it's sometimes, you know, you do different things for the different classes, but definitely I use the same, um, materials year to year. It does save some time. Absolutely. Do you, is, is there a common thread with gifted kids that, do they have a higher frustration level than uh, other kids sometimes? I've seen some gifted kids who are so used to having things come easily that yes. they seem like they have a hard time dealing with failure. Absolutely. And it's kind of, it's like a perfectionism sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a student right now, and I knew from day one, I said, this is what we're going to work on this year, hon, you know, and now you can even hear her say, it doesn't have to be perfect. So we made, we made, but you know, she made one mistake. She wanted a new piece of paper, you know, they want it to be, yes, it comes easily to them and, and they want to do it right. They want to be correct. And they don't like when it's not that way. Um, she came back crying one day from art class because the art teacher told her she used too much glue. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's, you know. So, yes, you kind of have to walk them through and teach them how to deal with those things on an emotional level. And it's okay. You know, it doesn't have to. Sometimes... Um, Luckily, we don't give grades in kindergarten because I know that's something that some of the upper grades have difficulty with, too. If they get like a 97, it's, you know, the end of the world because they should have gotten 100. And yes, they do kind of set that bar for themselves higher um, than a lot of the students, kind of regular students do.
Yeah. Do you have any, any things that you've done that have helped them work through that if they're struggling with? Um, we, I, I, I use, I love to use videos. I play a lot of video clips. Um, there are some commercials that I like that are kind of, it kind of embraces the uniqueness and the difference and that's okay. My first, um, read alouds in the school year are about unique characters, unique Monique and Stephanie's ponytail. And, you know, it's okay that it's okay to be a little bit different. It's okay. And we, we have, you know, actual structured conversations about it and, and giving them the tools and, um, that they can use going through day to day. And I see them being able to apply those things, which is very rewarding. Do you have any last things you want to say that we didn't get to? No, just um, I'm I'm very much an advocate for um, gifted education. I think a lot of times um, schools don't even identify kids until, you know, going on third grade. And I just I think that's a mistake. I, I hear a lot of people say, how can you test a four year old and know they're gifted? But I see it every day. I see kids every day that I, I they are absolutely gifted and I'm glad that you know they're able to be somewhere where they can get that challenge because you will see behavior problems if they're getting bored and you know not not having that that challenge on a daily basis so um like I said not more work but deeper thinking um going on and you know I, I think um watching them grow they can grow as much as the other kids too, you know. And it's exciting when you get to watch them grow. It is. It really is. Well, do you, you're obviously a great resource for people who want to deepen uh, kids' understanding. And say your website again. It's called notjustchildsplay.blogspot.com. Okay. And do you have any other suggestions of resources people can go to? Um, I really like the site Engage Their Minds. Terry Eichholt does it. She's big on Twitter too. Um, she has a lot of ideas. She does GT pullouts. So she has a lot of ideas from K through fifth. And she also um, incorporates a lot of technology, which I think also can be, um, you know, something that the kids can help the kids um, get that challenge that they need as well. Um, I, you know, I love Ian Bird at Birdseed. Um, he's more a middle school type person, but there are um, resources that he posts that you can adapt down a lot of the times, or like he has a differentiator that you can, it, you can put in what you want to learn and it differentiates the lessons for you. Um, he has Birdseed TV videos there that um, you, uh, I've even recorded some um, they have all different kinds of things that you, you could just go in tomorrow and do this with your class, um, which I think is is always exciting. That's the kind of person I am. I see it and I want to try it tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Um, but those are the sites that I would recommend for sure. Um, if you're on Twitter, Lisa Conrad's a good person to follow, the gifted guru. Um, yeah. That's, that would be my recommendation. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. 
Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you want to learn more about us, you can visit us at kindergartenkiosk.com. If you want to write to us and suggest something you'd like us to talk about, then you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. Hey, I want to let everybody know about ESGI's fantastic special going on. Anyone that signs up between March 10th and April 10th are able to receive a five-month free trial for ESGI. Wow. Five months. Wow. Can you start that at the beginning of next year? You can start it whenever you want to begin it. And so it is so awesome. I would suggest, though, starting it a little bit sooner because then you can play around and get all your tests how you want them and, and get everything all organized so you're ready to go on day one. But anyway, after you get your five months, then you can also get um, purchase the year of ESGI for $159, a special pricing. Just be sure to go to ESGISoftware.com and enter the promo code B7227 to get all those free things from ESGI. Well, that's an awesome deal. Everybody, I hope you check it out because ESGI is awesome. And thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. See you, everyone. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts For educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?